Welcome everyone. We got episode two, How Winners Win. I'm Daniel Blue. I got my co-host Kita Spears. What up? And coming at you with episode two, this last episode. We talked about how we got to the point where we are today. You know, you guys listening to this, you guys are winners too. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this. And I'm pretty sure you overcame some gnarly challenges to get to the point of experiencing some wins. But, you know, you can't win without losing. And, uh, you know, Kita and I, we both have taken L's, a lot of L's, but it's about keeping uh, moving forward and uh, not giving up. So this episode, we want to talk about debt. And one thing I, when I think of debt, Kita, I think about two things. One, a lot of people are embarrassed about debt, right? Like they're not even trying to talk about their debt. And it's not like they're not trying to talk about like their mortgage that's costing them three or 4%. They're not trying to talk about their personal loans or their credit card debt that's costing them 15%. And they're not wanting to talk about it because like they're just embarrassed, right? But so it's one of the things that just, just gets swept under the rug. You know, it's not it's not dinner party conversation. No, Let's put it that it, way. it's not. But how many times do we see people sweep that under the rug year after year after year? Interest just crushes them. Interest doesn't stop. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in credit card companies, right? Like they're not going to teach you how to get out of debt, right? Like that's their business model, right? They want you to be stuck in debt, making minimum payments. I would say anyone who's on this call, picture yourself like a, a hamster, and that little little spinny thing keeping you spinning your wheels. That's exactly where the banks want to keep you, and that's paying the minimum payment on your credit card debt every month. You keep making that minimum payment. They literally have on the statement. I've had clients send me statements. One, the worst one I saw most recently said, hey, client, if you keep paying the minimum payment, you'll have this paid off in 24 years. Yeah, they they, l- they lended that person 10000 and they're going to get $20,000 back, right? It's one of those ones. <laughs> yeah, she's 55. <laughs> she has no reason to be paying on that debt for 24 years. You know, it's crazy, too, and, and this goes back to why we put together this podcast, you know, how winners win. Like, it's going to be hard to win in life, guys, on the financial side if you don't have some of the basics down when it comes to financial literacy. And I've talked to a lot of people that think credit card debt at, let's just call it $50,000 and they're paying 10% interest in their mind. They're thinking, Oh, okay, well, 10% on 50,000, it's only 5,000 in interest, $50,000 for me to borrow at 10% interest is only costing me 5,000. That's not a lot of money. But that's not how that works, right? Like credit card companies, they would be out of business if that's how they charge their interest, right? Mm -hmm. So like they're making way more money off of that. Like 10% is not just simple interest, like just for the year and it doesn't compound. Like that interest keeps growing. It's interest on interest on interest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah, that fifty that fifty thousand is actually fifty thousand fifty five thousand and now you're getting charged again ten percent on fifty five thousand. You know, and, and, and another thing to note is if you're going to use that math of, hey, let me borrow $50,000 for from Discover, Chase, American Express, or whatever. If you're going to borrow $50,000 at that 10% rate, you better pay that debt off in exactly 12 months because that's the math that you're assuming. Yeah, I mean, and, and that goes to, you know, I started off the podcast saying, like, when I think of debt, there's two things I think about. You know, one, you know, people just embarrassed to talk about it, which is a problem in itself. Because if you withhold that information and you don't talk about that with other people, there could be other people that could help you, right? Like, one, 
if you're afraid to talk about that with other people because they're going to judge you or make fun of you or look down on you, like you probably need to get rid of those people in your life, right? Like that's a bigger problem than the debt itself, right? Um, but if you are around the right kind of people and you're talking about your debt, like maybe that person has a solution for you. Yeah. I mean, the the worst part about debt being so taboo to talk about is the fact that every single person's going through it. Yeah. I mean, and, and that goes, that leads right into my second point, which is like actually understanding debt and knowing how to use debt to make you money. Cause we're all in debt, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just bought a house, you're in debt. $240,000 debt note. Yeah. I mean, but there's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? Like if you are borrowing money at three or 4% interest and you're using that money to earn a much higher return then there's a spread, right? Like when I first got involved in business, like I used my credit cards for this business. Mm -hmm. And eventually that interest wasn't 0% anymore. And eventually I had to pay interest on it, but it made sense for me to pay 10% interest on my debt because I was using that same money to make money over here. So a lot of people think, and a lot of it has to come to, it goes back to the old generation where it's just like, use don't use your credit cards you know credit cards are bad don't get in debt if you if you can't buy it twice you can't afford it <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's so far from the truth because i mean if you're let's say even an auto loan you know i've seen this new business model which uh which i really like right now is you know let's say you buy a car with rates so low let's say your your interest rate's two percent but you're on toro and you're renting that same car out and you're making ten thousand dollars a month renting your car out and your car payment let's say is two thousand now you've got an income producing asset who cares if the value of the car went down 50 percent when it came off the lot you're netting eight grand a month yeah who cares yeah i mean numbers don't lie right like if you just understood those numbers you can make better decisions so like kita let's just say someone has you know, some different debts in their picture, right? Credit card debt, maybe some personal loans, and they're just making payments, right? And they really don't have a plan to pay off this debt. Like, what would be some of the basic things that person should start to do? So two steps back, the most common question a person in debt asks is, what should I invest in? I don't know why, but every person who has debt is always trying to invest. And I can assume partly why is because they know that they're giving up so much money to the credit card companies, but that's not the conversation that they want to talk about. They think immediately, how can I make more money so this debt doesn't hurt me so much? And that's one of the first things that everyone should get out of their head. The debt, the faster you pay off the debt, the quicker your, your money can actually work for you. Because I look at it like this, if American Express, Capital One, or you know, Discover taking 20% of your, your money every time, if you have a brokerage account or a Robinhood account, you know, you have to make 21% just to be in the green, just to make 1% because you're losing 20% on one hand. You got to make 21% on the other just to be ahead 1%. And that's not changing any lives. Yeah. And 20% in a year on a stock is a good return. So don't get caught up with these big numbers, guys. 20% on a stock is incredible for a year. So... The bank's making 20% on you. Uh, that's the first thing that has to be taken care of. So, again, what was your question? Because that's a, that always is the first question they ask me. So, yeah, I take precedent there. Yeah, I mean, and, and to, like, piggyback off of that point, like, 
I've had a lot of conversations and I know, you know, your team has had a ton of conversations with someone that, you know, is all hyped up and wants to make, you know, 10, 12% a year on their money, which, you know, 10, 12% a year on their money isn't bad. Um, but meanwhile, they've got credit card debt that's costing them 20% and they see nothing wrong with investing and making money at 10% a year. Meanwhile, they're losing 20% on credit cards like, and they don't see anything wrong until you bring it up and you're like, Hey, did you realize that? Yes, you're making 10% over here, but you're losing 20% on this side. Like, do you see something wrong with that picture? And they're like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's a uh, debts. Unfortunately, those things, unless you take a look at it, you know, I mean, sure. Anyone who's done a budget, you know, actually looked at their statements for their debit card or their credit card and said, what do I spend in a month? You're typically surprised <laughs> and maybe a little bit disappointed in yourself when you see where exactly your money goes. And that's the same thing with debt. You know, if you knew that the debt was just simply paying for a nice building for Wells Fargo downtown, you would, wouldn't be so you know, inclined to go throw money into scams or opportunities that can make you 10, 20, 30 percent when you could just focus in on not giving away 20 percent of your income to Capital One. It's a much simpler and smaller goal that has a real life immediate effect. Yeah, I mean, you're bringing up a good point because when you have a bunch of debt, like credit card debt, personal loans that have high interest rates, like that's a problem, right? But there's some underlying problems as well, which is, are you spending more than you're making, right? So like, that's a good place to start, okay? How much are you bringing in per month? And what are you spending your money on? Like, how often are you going through your statements online and seeing how much you're spending money on food or how much you're spending money on entertainment, Right. Like I know you're on Instagram and Facebook and you're seeing all your homies travel and do all these nice things. Yeah, you want to keep up with them. But if you're paying 20 percent interest on twenty five thousand dollars in credit card debt and more importantly, that credit card debt is not making you money like it's consumer debt. Like, Why are you blowing money and trying to keep up with the Joneses? I mean, and that's that's a big problem right there, right? Like if you don't know where your money is and how it's, you know, costing you and you're spending money in unnecessary areas, like you're just making the problem a whole lot bigger than what it is. Yeah. It's harder. I mean, think about it like this. If you want an Instagram post that bad, if you took six months and just put your nose to the grind and paid off your credit card debt or even 12 months before taking that Cabo trip where you got your Instagram picture, it'd actually be a real smile instead of, you know, a fake smile because you know that you just put $1,600 on a credit card because you didn't have the money to pay for it. And you know, you're not going to pay that $1,600 back in the next 12 months. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the golden rule that I've tried to live by is just using my credit cards to make you money. Like I can't tell you how important credit cards are. Um, when I got first, when I first started making money back in, you know, when I was 18, 19 in sales, I was making six figures. I'm like, why do I need, why do I need credit cards? Like I got cash. I have this Wells Fargo debit card. I don't need credit cards. Right. So I didn't start building credit, which was terrible choice. I didn't open up my first credit card until I was 25 years old. So credit cards are a huge tool. Like I know people that have used credit cards to buy a house, right? Like using credit is an important way to create wealth, right? There's two ways to use a credit card. Either you're going to use it to make money. And it's pretty simple. Before you swipe your credit card, ask yourself, is this going to make me money? And when am I going to see the return? Like if you don't have clear answers on that, then it's probably a consumer 
purchase, right? You're buying something that is not going to make you money. And if that's something that's going to cost you 10, 20%, like now you're, that's a double whammy. You just bought something that really doesn't serve you and it's costing you 20% interest. So lose, lose situation. And not all losses have to just be losses. You can use it as a lesson, you know, so don't mess up for yourself. Take our advice, you know, take the advice of the people that we've seen and not make those same decisions. That's a big part of what this episode is about is hearing these types of examples. So you don't have to go through the same thing. If anything of what we're saying is making sense to you, listen to it, follow it, apply it in your life. Yeah, I mean, if you can have the mindset of only using credit cards to either make you money or just knowing whatever you're going to spend your money on, you just know going into it, it's going to cost you money. It's a liability, but then having a plan to pay it off in a short period of time so it doesn't cost you money twice, that's important. But I mean, let's just say you're so far down the rabbit hole where you just have a bunch of credit card debt that really isn't making you money and you're paying high interest rates on the cards. Um, my thought process is, and this is just coming from experience, talking to people all over the country that have debt, a lot of the times they don't even have a plan. Like, And it can be very, very simple. Like, Put together a spreadsheet and list every single credit card and I'm just giving you experience that I've talked to people in my own experience. Like I've been in twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in credit card debt before, um, and having high interest rates. Um, I've had crappy credit. I have good credit, right? So like I, I, I'm just giving you guys just the truth, just facts. Like put together a spreadsheet. Like this is what I did. I listed every single credit card out: Chase, Wells Fargo, um, Bank of America, and each credit card. I then had the interest rate, and then next to the interest rate, I had the balance. Next to the balance, I had the limit, right? So now I have a spreadsheet with six different credit cards, the name, the interest rate, the balance, the limit. Okay, now why am I doing this? Well, there's actually one other factor or another field I put in, which is uh, the monthly payment, the minimum payment. So the reason why I put that there is I'm going into it trying to get my credit cards under 35% utilization rate, right? You guys might've heard that 35% uh, number before, uh, utilization rate, what that means is if your credit card limits $10,000, if you can get that balance under 3,500, okay, 35% of 10,000 is 3,500, right? Okay. If you can get it under 3,500, your credit score is going to go up, right? That is just a fact. You guys can Google that, okay? So keeping debt on, I can actually increase my credit score. Yeah, I mean, it's a, the 35% threshold. Once you start getting over 35, 40, 50%, your credit score is going to go down. Okay. And the plan of attack that I had is you can't eat an elephant in one bite, right? Like a lot of you listening to this right now, you're not in a position to pay off your credit cards in one shot, in one stroke of a check, right? So how do you win? Like how do you beat the credit cards? How do you beat the banks? Well, Look at the numbers. If you can get your credit card balances, at least one of them, under 35%, then what happens, your credit score is going to go up, okay? Maybe the next month or a couple months after, you can get another credit card under 35% utilization rate. Credit score goes up again. I'm trying to increase my credit score, so then what happens is some of you might get this already, but you might get ads in the mail or your email to do a 0% credit balance card, transfer. balance transfer, right? So a 0% is just buying you time. If you have a lot of credit card debt and your utilization rates are over 35% and you have shit credit, 
Because what's going to happen is if your, your, your utilization rates are high, your credit score is going to go down. And if you have bad credit, the banks aren't going to give you 0% introductory rates. Why would the bank give you money if you can't pay back the money that you're already given? Exactly. But if they see that your credit score is going up, they're like, hey, I want your business. So what happens, guys, is Chase is going to send out, and I'm just using this as an example. Chase is going to see that you do business with Bank of America, uh, trying to think of another bank, Capital One, and American Express. And they're like, hey, Kita, you don't have a, a credit card with us, and I want your business. So I'm going to send you something in the mail. I'm going to give you 0% for 12 to 18 months based off your credit score, and I'm going to give you a $10,000 limit at 0%. But I'm hoping that you transfer the balance over to me, and after 12 months, the interest rate on this is going to be 18%. So I'm just crossing my fingers that you don't pay off the, the credit card within 12 months, right? Like, that's why Chase is willing to give you a 0% card. So guys, like, looking at the numbers, like how you can win if you don't have enough cash to pay off the cards all in one shot, try to get as many of your credit card balances in the single digits at 0%. Because if you're trying to get out of debt and you're looking at double-digit interest on your credit cards, that's a really tough battle, long, hard-fought battle that's going to be tough for you to win. Yeah. No, so to recap, if you wanted to win and overcome the debt that you had, first things first, get that spreadsheet. Know what you owe. First things first. Once you know what you owe, see which credit cards you can get to under 35% first. Once it gets under 35%, you're going to now start to see an increase in your credit score. Now you snowball and do the next one. Now you get the next one under 35%. Credit score ekes up a little bit more. At this point or at some point in time, you should begin to receive those 0% offers, right? Yeah, I mean, and if you don't see one, I mean, I, I would just, uh, and we're eventually going to bring, we've got some badass people in our circle that are a lot better at explaining credit than, than we are. Yeah. Um, we're just going off of real life, what we've experienced. Um, but what will happen is usually when you're at about like the 680 and above credit score, like definitely high, high 600s, 700s and above, um, you'll start to get things in the mail where, you know, banks are offering you 0%. But if you don't get something in the mail, it won't hurt for you to call a competing bank. Like if you have Bank of America, American Express and Discover that you do business with, but you don't have Chase that you do business with, it wouldn't hurt to call another bank that you don't have an account with, call them and say, hey, are you guys running a 0% promotion? If they say yes, okay, great. Can I can I submit my application? One question you want to ask though is, are you going to do a hard pull on my credit? Okay, because sometimes when you apply for a credit card, and actually a lot of the times, they're going to do a hard pull on your credit score to see what kind of person that you are. Um, they're going to look, pull up your credit score. Anytime there's a hard inquiry, guys, your credit score is going to go down a little bit. Right. But one thing to remember that heart inquiries, they do go off your credit uh, credit report after a period of time. Um, so you're going to want to make sure if they are going to do a hard pool, like, is it worth it? Like if your credit score already is at like 620 and next thing you know, you have three inquiries, your credit score is going to go down. Yeah, right. And that's worth it at that point. Exactly. So, I mean, you just want you just want to know the numbers and like we're just talking in matter of facts right now, just numbers, like not a lot of people actually do this, right? Like no. it takes some time. Yeah. Like I said, like I said earlier, like if you took the time, put your nose to the grind, if it's six months or maybe it's 12 months where you just tracked your spending and you finally got your debt under managed, 
the trip to Cabo is going to be a lot more fun because you can actually enjoy it. You're not thinking about the statement in the mail when you get back home from all the you know tequilas, you know. So that's why paying off this debt so super super important. Um, another tool, if you do make good income but your debt and utilization is up, is you can always call the credit card companies and ask for a credit limit increase, right? Yeah, that, and that would be another way for you to. Uh, get closer to that 35% utilization. Yeah, that's that's money. Um, when I was 25, I got my first credit card. I was so excited. And they gave me a $500 limit. And I'm like... Big baller. Okay, let's go. Let's go to the club. And um, and then I got another credit card. And it was like 750 right? So I'm just rocking these big, huge limits. 1000 right? Well, one thing happened is I just did what you said. You know, I called the banks and got a limit increase. But you have to run enough money on the credit card to warrant that. So I'll give you an example. I would specifically use my credit cards for certain purchases and I would run through my credit card. So for example, if I had a $500 limit on my credit card, I'd put three, $400 on that credit card. And two things. One, always know the date of the month that that credit card reports the balance on your credit card to the credit bureaus, right? So you guys have probably heard of like Transamerica, um, or is it Transit Union or Experience? It's one of those names. Again, I'm not a credit expert, guys, but one thing that I do know is there's a certain date of the month that these credit cards report that your balance to the credit bureaus. So like if you guys have a 700 credit score, like that's not some made up number that, you know, you get from a blog. Like there's actual bureaus that, you know, handle all of that. It's like, you know, agencies. So find out the day of the month that your credit card reports your balance because then you can be intentional. If you know your Discover credit card reports your balance on your credit card to the credit bureaus on the 23rd of every month, just make sure that on the 22nd, right? Make sure before the 23rd, third that you have a lower balance than the 30 percent utilization rate so in that way even if you're putting getting close to maxing that credit card out every month you're strategically knowing when they report your balance to the bureaus you're under that 30 percent so your credit score looks better and where i'm going with all of this is if you're putting enough money on your credit cards every month and then paying it off the banks are like okay yeah we gave him a 500 limit on his credit card but this guy is putting three four hundred dollars every couple of weeks on the card. Like, let's give this man a thousand. Let's give this man 2000 because he's spending it. Let's hope he stays in debt so we can make money off of him. Right? Like that's their angle. That's use their greed to work for you. Yes. And then if you have a higher limit, as you mentioned, then your credit, your utilization rate goes um, lower because now you have a higher ceiling and you, know, you can manipulate some of those numbers. Yep. So that's how you get to use their greed in your favor. You don't have to use all the money that you, they give you. You know, now that you've learned that one of the questions you should ask yourself is, does this make me money? This purchase make me money? You know, so now that you know some of these tools, you can now have a higher credit limit. Maybe you still need to use the credit cards, you know, for everyday purchases, gas and whatnot. But now you can also have a higher credit limit and start to make investments with your credit yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to stress too, is when you do ask for the limit increase, make sure, Hey, American express, when you guys are going to go to your back office and try to get me a limit increase on my American express, are you going to do a hard pool? Right? Like that's always a question you want to ask the banks. Are you guys going to do a soft pool or a hard pool? They do a soft pool. They're still pulling your credit, but it doesn't reflect as an inquiry. They do a hard pool. Now that reflects as an inquiry. Mm -hmm. Is it worth it at that point? 
everyone's situation is different. Like if you're trying to buy a car or a house here in the near future, you probably don't want to have a bunch of inquiries on your credit. Um, there's going to be point in, points in time though, where you're not wanting to use your credit for the next year or two. So who cares if you have three inquiries, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're going to fall off over the next few years, right? So like you got to be strategic in what you're trying to accomplish or what's on the horizon. Yeah. But first things first is getting the debt under control. If you are listening to this and you have debt, you need to execute those steps and get, know what your debt is, then get it to under 35%. And then as soon as you get an opportunity to get it to a 0% rate or a reduced rate, doesn't even have to be 0% all the time, just better than what you're paying. You're going to shorten that gap to getting debt free again. Once you're debt free, now you can actually have some fun. You can start to invest. Because like I just told you earlier, if you're paying 20% to Capital One, your investment account's got to make 21% just for you to make money. Yeah, I mean, in 21%, you know, some of you guys are like, man, I'm making 21% right now. Well, I mean, you're also in, in a bull market. Like, everyone and their mama is making money right now, right? So, um, you know, we, we have to understand the times that, that we're in. Um, but the bigger root of the problem that we're talking about is lifestyle, right? Like no one wants to look at other people, especially their friends, you know, traveling and spending money on these different things. And then you're not doing it because you're in debt, mm -hmm. right? But everyone's at a different chapter in their life, right? Like, and also those same people that you're looking up to that you see their Instagram stories and they're traveling, a lot of them are in debt, and they're just doing the same thing that a lot of other people are doing is they're just living that IG life where they're in debt, making good money, but they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? They're stressed out, but they're just living that lifestyle in terms of trying to impress other people that they don't even care about. Why would you? They just want the like. Uh, amen. Right. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game that, uh, you know, we're, we're in these days, but you know, that's not how you're going to win long-term. Right. No. And again, like back to the name of this podcast, like how winners win. And, uh, it starts with choices. It starts with how you're managing your money. Where are you spending your money? How are you investing your money? You know, what's your debt situation look like and how can you get out of debt? Because everyone that's listening right now, that's been in debt or is in debt, like, it's not a good feeling. Like, you feel trapped. You're just like, dude, how am I going to get out of this Your debt? decisions are actually tied to the debt. When you're literally asking yourself, can I afford this because I have to make a payment? It's time to make a change with your situation, you know? One, uh, 100%, you know? And, and there's solutions out there to, uh, you know, pay off debt. We've been able to help people pay off debt in a lot of different ways. Um, but our solution isn't the only solution, you know? Again, it starts with what you're doing with your life and your choices because you could have the greatest solution to get you out of debt, but if you're still being a knucklehead and trying to keep up with the Joneses and spending more money than you're making, um, you have one of two problems, maybe two, maybe both of them. Either you have a lack of revenue, so you need to go get a part-time job. You need to go find more work. You side need to hustle. get a side hustle. Like You don't have a uh, any bigger problem than just you're not making enough money, right? So, you know, Get off Netflix, stop doing things that aren't making you money and go out there and, and work, right? Like go make money. You have Hustle. an income problem. You got 24 hours in a day. It, exactly. So it's either a lack of revenue problem or it's just a... I'd say lack of discipline. I mean, you you hit it better than I was going to say because you're not disciplined in how you are using your money. No, it's just a, it's a lack of discipline. If we're giving you the steps right now to make it happen... You have to care enough and be disciplined enough to follow the rules. You know, this is 
basically your get out of jail free card that we're giving you right now. And a percentage of the people listening are not going to do what we say. They're going to just tune into the next episode and say, man, these guys are pretty good. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is as you were saying that, I was thinking about like my journey when I got into business, when I was a W2 employee making good money, I alluded to when I was 18, 19, spending more than I'm making, having terrible credit, not having a credit card. And the best teacher is failure, right? Success can be a, a bad teacher. So when I was failing, I was learning some of these lessons. And then I started building my credit. You know, I started saving more than I was making. I had money set aside, liquid investments. And if I didn't make those choices in my mid-20s, like I wouldn't have been able to put a bunch of money into a business and put tens of thousands of dollars on my credit card to invest in a business because I wouldn't have been in that position. So like maybe you don't know what kind of business you're going to start right now, but who knows, there might be an opportunity two, three, four years down the road from now where you're like, shoot, if I just had $30,000 to put into ABC, like this is a great opportunity. Well, shoot, if you can have a good credit score, there might be a point in time where you can leverage 0% credit and make a great rate of return that can change your lifestyle and you're using OPM. You're using other people's money. You're using the bank's money to win. Doesn't get more easier than that. I mean, that's exactly how I think everyone envisions their their game plan, especially with all the gurus and YouTube videos. Everyone knows what OPM is, but no one knows how the hell to get it. Well, it starts by getting out of debt. It starts by making relationships with these creditors. And from there, you can get to a position where you can get OPM and they'll give you free money. Yeah. And then, you know, you can do things like what you did, right? Like, what was the interest rate on your house? 2.58. I mean, so if you were making bad decisions and not in a good spot where you, obviously you had good credit for you to get, you know, lock in at 2%, right? If you made bad decisions three, four years ago, and then you went to close and you had a bad credit score, who knows, you might be paying three and a half percent, right? Like that 1% difference is tens of thousands of dollars over that loan, course of the loan, right? So like debt and credit score go hand in hand. Right. If, if you can manage your debt and have good utilization rates on your credit cards, you're going to have access to more money and then you can use the bank's money to leverage. Right. Like 24 hours in a day. Yes, you can only work so much. But while you're working your job, your business, your side hustle, what if you can leverage money and have that work for you? Yeah. Money is soldiers. Soldiers can go out to work while you're working. You know what I mean? The more soldiers you acquire. Eventually, you don't have to go to work. Your soldiers make money for you. Those, those soldiers need credit to, uh, instead of feeding the soldiers with food and, and water and rations, uh, they, they need credit to, to move. So, Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, good stuff, man. This was a, a good episode. I'm hoping that you guys were able to find some value in just finding some different ways on how to win the money game when it comes to debt. Um, you know, if you guys have questions about debt, if you're in a position where you know maybe you're a little overwhelmed or you want to have a better understanding of a solution, um, you know, feel free to uh, you know direct message me. I'm on uh, Instagram, Daniel Blue. Can you tell us your handle? Uh, my Instagram is at high key, H-I-G-H-K-E-I-I, two I's. So make sure you guys are following us on, on Instagram. We're pretty active there. You know, shoot us a, a DM. Um, we're here to be able to help out. Ask as, many or ask as many questions as you have for us. We can give you some solutions. If Keita and I don't have a solution, you know, we have an amazing network with people that are awesome in the credit space. Uh, 
you know, different ways to be able to get you some money in your pocket and save you some money. So uh, look out for episode three. Oh yeah, come join the winner's circle. Let's go. How winners win. Let's make it happen.